Calvary Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. You should rejoice and be glad in it. Glad you're joining us uh, via live stream this morning. Please be in prayer for all of those who have been affected in the Cottonwood area by COVID-19 and coronavirus. Asking God to continue to bless them and bring them safely back to their family, friends, and loved ones. And back to the church. With that being said, I have a few announcements I'd like to share with you. Uh, number one, um, Robert Nazarene will be back at full capacity starting this Wednesday. The Bible study is 6.30. You're invited to come out and be a part of that. We'll be looking at the three wise men and their offerings. So come and be a part of that. Uh, Thursday night, candlelight services. You are invited. No tickets required. No RSVPs. You come on. Worship with us, the Lord. We sing praise to His holy and righteous name, and we give glory to the only begotten Son of the Father, Jesus Christ. On Thursday at 6 o'clock. Uh, also, church, I want to remind you that we will be having a special call business meeting Sunday night, the 26th. So uh, come and be a part of those things as well. With that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, we'll turn our service over to Brother Glenn and Brother Mark. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. And as we worship, may we worship in truth and spirit. May we give you the praise, honor, and glory. And help us, Lord God, to lift up and exalt your holy righteous name. We pray for those, Lord, who are out sick today. To bless them and keep them safe. Let them know we love them and are praying for them. Bring them safely back to you, Lord. We pray for those fathers who are out traveling. That you keep them safe. Look after them, Lord, and bring them safely to their destination. And Father God, we pray for those who are hurting this morning for other reasons. Lord, we ask the Spirit to be with them. Ask the peace and the comfort to be with them as only you can. Go with us now, Lord, as we worship. May your name be glorified and magnified. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen.
Well, good morning. <laughs> if you have your Bibles with you, open please, please to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. If you were with us last week, I want to appreciate that. Appreciate your patience with us if you had some technical difficulties. And uh, we got it out as best we could, and thank you for that. And today we should have a lot better of our uh, advances in technology coming out there. So please be in prayer with us and for us in that. Uh, as we strive to give our very best in the name and the glory of Jesus Christ. All right. So look with me, please, uh, in Matthew chapter 1. If you remember last week, we actually took a look at Mary. We had a blast with that. I had a good time with that, looking into the things that Mary pondered in her heart. And so if we look at some of the character traits of Mary, we have to take a look at some of the character traits of Joseph. What kind of man would Father God want raising his son? What kind of man would God trust to take care of, provide for, and sometimes be an example for his son? That's got to be one of the most amazing men this world has ever known. So with that thought in mind, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name, thanking you for your word. And as we look into your word, would you speak to us? Would you open our hearts to hear from you, Lord God? And I pray that there be anybody who needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, anybody, Father, who needs to get their heart right with you, would you let this morning be the very morning for us in Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen. Look with me in Matthew chapter 1. Let's start in verse 18. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their what kind of man did God want raising his son? What kind of man do you think God would have chosen? Now, if you were to sit this morning in our pews, we're not chairs at Robinson Avenue, and you had a chance to express your thoughts, what kind of man do you think Joseph was? He had to be an incredible man. He had to be a man that was full of patience, right? He had to be a man that was full of the Spirit of God, a man who was knowledgeable in the Scriptures, a man who was obedient, who was faithful, who was loving, who was kind, who was good, who was gentle, who was joyful. What an amazing man Joseph must have been. Well, let's take a look in the Scriptures to see. And you know, as we look through those Scriptures, some of you ladies are going to be out there this morning saying, I wish I had a man like Joseph. Well, you know what? If you don't have a good, godly man in your life, it's time for you to start praying for that good, godly man in your life. See, I firmly believe that one of the reasons why we don't have is because we're not asking. We haven't been putting our requests and our hearts into God's hands. The Bible tells us He'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, I need you to understand that means as we're in accordance to His will. But it is God's will that you would not be alone. So it's time for you to start praying, God, I need a man like Joseph. And some of you guys out there have been praying, saying, I need a good godly wife. Well, it's time for you to start acting like a Joseph. Amen? What kind of man did God want raising His son? Let's look at His Scriptures to see. Now, you don't have to turn with me there, but I'm going to give you some familiar scriptures here that Joseph would have looked after. So let's look at Proverbs 22, 6. Remember what that says? It says, train the child up in the way he should go, and when he's older, he will not depart 
from it. Now, we quote that all the time from moms and dads who are having a hard time with their children, don't we? Go like this. That means amen in a Baptist church. We do it all the time to bring comfort to those fathers whose sons have become wayward or prodigal. We, we give it to them and we, it brings comfort to them. But I want you to see there's more to it than that. The Bible says train a child up in the way he should go. And when he's older, and that's the key right there, when he's older, you need to understand that God is looking for the kind of father for his son that will never, ever give up on Jesus. He's looking for somebody who will see it through even when he's older. Amen. He's looking for that kind of man. Faithful to see it through. Father God was looking for Joseph. Joseph was committed. Joseph was faithful to see it through to the end. And Proverbs 22, 6 isn't just about, hey, your child was raised up right, and when he's older, he'll come back to it. No, no, no. It's, Father, don't ever give up on your child. It's, Mother, don't ever give up on your child. Keep praying. Keep loving. Keep the faith. Keep the Scripture in front of your children. Never, ever, ever give up on your child. That's what God's looking for. Amen? And we need some mothers and fathers like that in the church today. We need mothers and fathers like that in the United States today. Don't give up on your children. Don't turn them over and say, someone else take care of it. No, no, no. God's looking for a Joseph today. Faithful to see it through to the end. What about Ephesians 6.4? Now, Joseph wouldn't have read this one, but it was obviously something that was brought up in Joseph's life. Look with me in Ephesians 6.4. The Bible says, bring your children up in the fear of the Lord. That's a Jewish thought, you know that? So it was something Joseph would have been very acquainted with. Bring your children up in the fear of the Lord. The problem is, is we're bringing up children nowadays to not at all respect or revere the Lord. They are growing up thinking God accepts whatever they do, who they are, and that they deserve God's grace and goodness. Wrong. You know what? The truth is, not one of us deserves God's grace or God's goodness. Nothing can be further from the truth. We don't deserve any of His goodness or grace. And we don't bring our children up like that. We, we teach them that they deserve it. They don't. None of us deserve it. We're to bring our children up in the fear of the Lord. Reminding them that there's a day which He will hold us all accountable for our actions and for what we've done. For the words we've said and the thoughts we have. Bring them up in the fear of the Lord. Father God definitely required these things in Joseph. But I believe, church, that there was so much more. I truly do. I believe God was looking for more than just your typical godly man. God was looking for a Joseph. Joseph. Let's go back to Matthew's account again. And I want you to look with me in verse 19. Look with me in verse 19 quickly now. The Bible says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to, to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. He was minded to put her away privately. Why? Why is that? Let me tell you what's happening here. Just to give you some insight. Joseph and Mary are espoused, and that's an old word. That means, you know, we like to think of it as engagement, but it's so much more than engagement. Espoused means they are not only engaged, they are going to be wed. Not only are they going to be wed, they're already committed to each other. Not only are they committed to each other, that they're already at the verge of being married. A Jewish espousement is a little bit different than a, a Western engagement. So let me explain it to you quickly now. 
Uh, and to put it in a nutshell, a Jewish espousement meant, generally speaking, that the girl you were espoused to, she came over to your house every day. She didn't stay the night with you, but she came over around breakfast time. And she started making breakfast for you, if, if she wasn't far, so far away. So she started making breakfast for you. She started working in your house. She started cleaning in your house as you went out to work as the man. And so you began to know each other. You began to learn each other. You began to feel each other out. And you began to understand how she cooked. Let me tell you right now, if some of us guys knew how some of the women cooked, there'd be a lot less divorces in the world. Somebody say amen. <laughs> and some of you ladies, if you knew... What kind of man they were, whether they went to work every day or whether they were sick call soldiers, then there would be a lot less divorces in the world. You'd already know. I think we need to bring back some espousement, amen? We need to bring some of that back. Where they spend time together. They didn't meet each other over the internet. They had to build a relationship. And they had to compromise. And they had to love each other despite their faults. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So, the Bible tells us that Joseph finds her pregnant. Now, that really puts a damper on Joseph, doesn't it? To give you some background of it, what happens is the angel Gabriel shows up, according to the Gospel of Luke. He shows up and he tells Mary, you're going to be impregnated by the Holy Ghost. And that's exactly what happens there, but I need you to understand it's not in a sexual way. It's in the Holy Spirit way. And he impregnates her. She goes off to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And when she comes back six months later, well, she's no longer skinny. And she's pregnant and she's showing. And the Bible says Joseph finds her that way with child of the Holy Ghost. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a minute. What would you think? How would you feel? This is a woman you've pledged to love. Not just that, but you've begun to already love. You've begun to trust her. You begin to share your most intimate thoughts with her. You, she becomes your confidant. And she comes home. Imagine the story she told Joseph. Oh, by the way, the angel showed up and said, Mary, my cousin, uh, Elizabeth, my cousin is pregnant, and I'm going to be pregnant with the Son of God, and I'm going out to visit Elizabeth. And she comes home pregnant. What would you do? Well, the Bible tells us that Joseph has a mind to put her away privately. Why? Because in Jewish law, she's now considered an adulteress. That means that they would stone her to death. He doesn't want that to happen. He wants to put her away privately. What does that tell you a little bit about Joseph? What does that tell you about him? We can already see he's a very graceful man. And when he loves, he doesn't want to see anything bad happen to anybody because he loves genuinely. Because she was a spouse. She could have been stoned. Imagine Joseph as he's thinking there. Potentially, I could have led someone I could not trust. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a minute. How would that feel? Would you feel betrayed? Would you actually believe the story that Mary would come home and tell you? Most of us guys would be like, no, I wouldn't believe that. I wouldn't believe that at all. That's the story she came up with. Now remember, Joseph hasn't met the angel yet. Joseph does not know what to do. He wants to put her away privately. Why? Because he's after her. He wants to believe her because he loves her. That's the kind of man God is looking for. That's the kind of man women need nowadays. 
He loves her and he doesn't want to see anything bad happen to her. He doesn't want to see her shame, nor does he want to see her stone. He wants to put her away privately. Why privately? Because he can't stand the thought that someone might hurt her. Because he loves her. But at the same time, he now has a struggle trying to trust her. See, Joseph knows the truth. The truth is, and I'm going to put something out there for you, that very seldom do people change. Only God can change somebody. Once an adulteress, always an adulteress. Unless Jesus Christ changes her. Once an adulterer, always an adulterer. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Unless Jesus changes you. That is the one and only who can change you. And Joseph was wise enough to know that. So he's sitting down and he's pondering these things. I will never be able to trust her. And the Bible tells us in verse 20 that the angel intervenes. The angel shows up and says, Joseph... Don't be afraid to take Mary under thee as thy wife. You can trust her. What's in her is not of another man. She didn't cheat on you. She didn't do it. She submitted to God Almighty. What happened to her wasn't sexual. No, it's of the Holy Ghost. And I need you to understand something. I need you to understand something right now. I'm going to throw it out there for all of us to look at. When it comes to something called the sinful nature. That is why the Son of God has to be born of a virgin. The Son of God cannot carry on the sinful flesh that we have. It's in our nature. It's in our nature to do it. I remember when I first became a father, watching my children grow. And let me tell you, that was the most beautiful thing in the world. To watch my children grow. I love it. Wouldn't trade a minute of it. But we were renting a house in Brownwood while I was still in undergrad school. And my children, like most children, fell in love with crayons. And so I gave them crayons and a coloring book. It was a dinosaur coloring book. I remember that. And they were coloring together. And I went back into the room to check on them. And all of a sudden, they no longer were coloring in the book, but they were coloring on the wall. Some of you have been there before, haven't you? And so I asked my son, my eldest son, who colored on the wall? Even though he had the crayon in his hand and was drawing on the wall when I walked in the room and turned around. I said, son, are you coloring on the wall? And he said, no, Daddy, not me. Where did he learn to lie? Do you know the truth? Did he learn to lie? He learned it from me. He inherited it from me. And you've got to understand, Jesus cannot inherit that and be the Savior of the world. He cannot inherit that. That is why he has to be born of a virgin. He cannot inherit Adam's now broken grace, if you will. Church, I know what we're going to do. To tell Joseph, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take him to be married by wife. For what's in her is of the Holy Ghost. Not from another man. Could you imagine all those years later that Joseph must have woke up and said, is that just a dream? Or did the angel really speak? How many times did he question his faith? How many times have you questioned your faith? How many times have you stepped in those shoes and said, did God really speak to me? Did God really reveal that to me? Did God really let me know that? Well, guess what? You're walking with Joseph here. And that's kind of man. God is looking for a real man. Not a hypocrite. Not a liar. Not someone who puts on a show. No, 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 no. 
Joseph was minded to put her away privately because he had the same feelings we do. He had the same doubts we do. He had the same thoughts we do. Here's the difference. The angel intervenes in verse 20 and we begin to see what kind of man Joseph was. What kind of man was he? You know, we've got to have at least three of those in this Baptist church. Amen? We've got to always have three. Joseph was wise, wasn't he? Number one, he was wise. Look at Proverbs 1.7. The Bible says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Remember, we already talked about the kind of man God was looking for. Someone who would raise their children in the fear of the Lord. And Joseph was no exception. So when the angel spoke, and remember the angel was there as God's messenger, when he spoke, Joseph obeyed. Amen. God's looking for that kind of guy today in his church. Just like the scriptures say, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. When the angel spoke, Joseph obeyed. There was no longer any more doubt. He obeyed. He submitted. He believed. And he said, no longer will I doubt. What kind of man is that? That's a wise man. Why is he wise? Because the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And we understand fear of the Lord is obedience. When God speaks, I do. When God wills, I do. When God wishes, I do. When God wants, I give. That's what makes him God. Amen? Joseph is that kind of guy. The angel spoke. Joseph obeyed. I love Joseph for that. You know, later on, as you'll finish the rest of the story, after the wise men appear, Herod gets so angry, he goes out to kill all the children. And the angel speaks to Joseph again and says, get up and go into Egypt. And Joseph, without hesitation, gets up and goes again. Why? Because he's a wise man. Not a wise guy. Amen? A wise man. <laughs> a fool, however, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 1.7, a fool despises instruction. How many times have you sat there in those pews and you heard the Holy Ghost speak to you saying, come down the aisle, give your heart to Jesus Christ, repent before Jesus Christ, and you despise it. You know what the Bible says you are? I didn't say it. The Bible says it. When Joseph was instructed, he obeyed. That's the kind of man God was looking for. And I believe that's the kind of man God's looking for today to lead his church, to be what is missing in his church. What's missing in God's church today? Joseph's kind of men. When God speaks, we obey. Nowadays, when God speaks, we say, let me do this first. Let me finish that first. I've got an obligation over here. I've got a commitment over there. When all we've ever needed to be committed to is Jesus Christ. Amen. A fool despises instruction. And the Bible says, you're wise. The beginning of wisdom is when you fear the Lord. Fear is obedience. When Joseph was instructed, church, he obeyed. No questions asked. What about, what about this? What about that? Did she really stay faithful when she was up there visiting Elizabeth? No, 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 no. The angel spoke. Joseph obeyed. That's the kind of man God was looking for. And I believe that's the kind of man God's looking for today. All right, let's switch gears just a little bit here. Let's see what else Joseph embodied, shall we? Look with me in the Gospel of Luke. Let's look in Luke chapter 2. Let's look at the most famous portion of the Christmas story. You know, when Mary and Joseph were on their way to Bethlehem, on their way to Bethlehem, they went because they were to be taxed and because of the census. And the census required them to go all the way back 
to where they were from and to be counted there. And his family had to go with them. So Joseph packs up his family, his greatly pregnant wife, and by now they're fully married. And let me tell you, when he got married, everybody must have been whispering in the church. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Joseph obeyed anyway. And they go all the way to Bethlehem. Long journey. When they get there, this is what happened. Let's take a look at verse 3. And all went to be packed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem of Bethlehem, because he was in house and lineage of David. Who was David? King David, the greatest king in Israel's history. Look at verse 5. To be tasked with married his spouse wife, being great his child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And verse 7 says, She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them. In the end. Now, I don't want to get into the debate today about what is a manger, was it a cave, was it a stable, was it a barn, was it a sukkah, was it a tabernacle. We're not going to get into any of those debates this morning. I just want you to understand that God was looking for a man like Joseph. And how does that apply? What do you see there when you look into the, the Luke story? Did you see that? Did you see that? Joseph went to the city of David. He went to the city of David because he was of the lineage of David. He was David's direct heir. That means, without a doubt, he was next in line to be the king of Israel. Think about that for a second. What kind of man was God looking for? What kind of person was God looking for to raise his only begotten perfect Holy Son, he was looking for a Joseph. This Joseph got sent all the way back to the city that bears his family's name because he is a direct descendant of the king and by every right had the ability to rule Israel. If it wasn't for those doggone Romans, if it wasn't for the Greeks that came in first, then he would be in charge. He would be the king in a palace. Instead, he's over at a hotel saying, hey, you have room for me. And they are looking at the direct descendant saying, can't stay here, buddy. What kind of man would that be? I don't know about you, but if I was Joseph, I'd probably be like, you're living on my family's land. My family owns this land. You're only here because of the good graces of my family. No, 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 not Joseph. There was no room for them in the end. Isn't that beautiful? What a humble man that was. Never once did he say, well, make some room for me because I am the heir to the throne of Israel. Couldn't imagine if the king of England or the queen of England showed up. Well, even here in the United States, which we have no authority. Thank God we won the Revolutionary War. Somebody say amen. But imagine if she showed up here and wanted to stay in the Hilton in New York. They would make room for her simply because she was the Queen of England. And here we have the King of Israel literally showing up in the city that bears his family's name. And they're saying, excuse me, there's no room for you here. That's the kind of man God is looking for. Somebody who's that humble. Somebody who was that willing to let the Son of God, who is the true King, 
there his right to be your slave. There was no room for them in the end. Wait a minute. He's the direct descendant of the king. And in the city of the king. But God is wanting a humble man to lead us his son. And I believe God still wants humble men to lead his church today. When's the last time you've been humble even to your wife? You go to your wife and say, Poof, I'm the man, I'm the spiritual leader. You gotta listen to what I say. Try being a Joseph. He went to the city that bears his family's name where his palace should be. And they said, can't stay here. <laughs> Remember what the Bible says in James 4 and verse 10? Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. And he shall lift you up. I love Joseph. We don't know what happened to Joseph. Perhaps he's older. I like to think that he is. And he dies somewhere through the childhood of Jesus. We don't really know. The Bible doesn't tell us. We don't have any record of Joseph's past years. Or if we do, it's very small and very obsolete, and it doesn't tell us. We don't know how he really dies. Tradition tells us that he dies of old age, and perhaps Jesus is somewhere in his teen years. We don't know. All we can do is guess and speculate. But I can tell you this right now. You don't read anything else about Joseph. And you know the reason why? Because like a good father, Joseph wanted his son to grow up. He wanted his son to take the spotlight. He wanted his son to be number one. And this son was different. This son wasn't just Joseph's son. It was the son of God. Could you imagine what it was like on that traveling journey to Bethlehem that day? As Mary sit on that donkey, could you imagine what it would have been like as Joseph led her to Bethlehem? Could you imagine the things that Joseph learned talking to little bitty Mary? Isn't that funny? If you go back to the Garden of Eden story, imagine the things that Eve learned talking to Adam about God. Now here's Joseph talking to his wife about what the angel said. And what the angel promised. And what the angel said was going to happen. And all he knows is, i got to go to Bethlehem. And i got to trust God that this is my wife. And what's in her is of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine what it was like on the way to Bethlehem? I can imagine what it was like. I can imagine every time he put his hand on his stomach and he felt the heartbeat of that baby boy. Imagine what it felt like. Every time he put his face down to her womb and he spoke to the son inside there saying, Hello, you blessed son of the Most High, the Savior of the world. What must he have learned? You know what I think he learned? This is our third point today. That Joseph has to be a wise man. Joseph has to be a humble man. Joseph also has to be a man that lets the king rule. And let the king come forth. Remember what John the Baptist said about Jesus? I love this. Remember what he said about Jesus? He said, He must increase. I must decrease. Could you imagine what Joseph, who was by right the king of Israel, by lineage, by direct descendant, my father is David. But inside of my wife's womb is the true king. The one and true 
king who will sit on the throne, who was promised, who will never, his reign will never end, never cease, never stop. He'll be a light to the Gentiles and a glory to his people Israel. Amen? Could you imagine what he learned? You know what I think he learned? I think he already had humbleness. I think he already had wisdom because he spent his time in God's Word. I think he already had humbleness because when he goes to the hotel, he doesn't throw a fit. I probably would have. At least I would have done my wife pregnant. Something. No, no, no. Not a one complaint out of that guy. No. I can imagine him saying, Mary, I am learning. I am learning that he that is in you is greater than my need to be respected. Mary, I'm learning that he that is inside of you is greater than anything else in this world. Mary, I'm learning that what's inside of you is holy, and I can't wait to see his face, to look into his eyes, to hear his voice. Could you imagine what it would have been like to hear his voice? The voice that spoke this world into existence. The voice that caused creation to happen. Could you imagine what that was the day he picked up Jesus and he heard his voice? You know what was said about Jesus' voice throughout the New Testament? It said, never a man spoke like Jesus did. Imagine what it was like to hear his voice. Imagine what it was like to hear that voice. The authority, the love, the grace, the goodness, the wisdom. He's so wise that on his 13th birthday at his bar mitzvah, the Bible tells us in Luke, he's fully 12. That means he's right there at the 13th year. He's there for his bar mitzvah. And church, when he's there, he's asking the teachers what's going on. And they are astounded by his wisdom and his understanding. They heard his voice and they were talking to the one who created him in his own image. Somebody say amen. I'm getting excited up here. There ain't anybody in this sanctuary. It's amazing to me. The Holy Spirit, amazing. It would have been like to look into his face, to feel his arms around you, to hear him say, Mother, I love you. Dad, I love you. Oh, what would Joseph have thought of hearing that? I love you, Dad. Mary, I'm learning that he that's in you is greater than he that's in this world. What an amazing man Joseph was. What an amazing man Joseph was. So to recap, let me tell you, Father God's looking for those kind of men to lead his church today. He's looking for guys who are wise. Wise. That doesn't mean you know everything. That doesn't mean you can answer every math question. God knows I can't. But let me tell you what it does mean. That means when God speaks, you listen. Amen. God's looking for those kind of obedient people again. God's also looking for humble men. Humble men who realize that Jesus is more important than our right to be respected. That's true humbleness. You ever humbled yourself in the sight of the Lord? You ever went to your wife and said, I love you, and you're more important than what anybody thinks of you? That's the kind of guy that is. That's the kind of man God's looking for today. Let me tell you, that's the kind of guy God's looking to pastor His churches today. You want to know why so many churches are falling and failing today? You want to know why? 
You think it's because people are losing interest in the church? No. No. It's because pastors and spiritual leaders of the churches are no longer wise. That means they're no longer obedient. They are no longer humble. They want the respect that comes with it. They want that respect. Oh, we got to respect that person. It's all about titles to them. Be a Joseph. Never once did he say, Well, I'm the king of Israel. I might have been tempted to do that just to get a hotel room, but I didn't. <laughs> God's looking for those humble guys. He needs them in the church today. He needs you to humble yourself. God's also looking for that final characteristic in Joseph's life. That final characteristic that says, He befriends me. It's kind of the truth in his life. He's looking for somebody who can hold on to that truth. Somebody who can keep on keeping on even when the going gets tough. Even when it seems like there's no way to win. Even when it seems like there's no end in sight. Father God is looking for a Joseph. Because let me tell you, when it came in Joseph's life, it did not end. It was never stopping. Mary's pregnant. You got to get married. You got to go to Bethlehem. You got to get taxed. That's enough to make somebody angry right now. Someone say amen. You got to get taxed. Not just that, but when you get to Bethlehem, you got nowhere to go to sleep, buddy. Go out there in the manger. Then on top of that, you get a dream, and the angel says, get up, move your family into Egypt. Wow. It never ended. Never once did Joseph stop. Because he knew he between me is greater than he is in this world. Amen. God's looking for those kind of people today. You say, Josh, I need that kind of relationship with God. I need that kind of relationship with Jesus. Well, you got to get saved, brother. You don't get the Holy Spirit until you get Jesus Christ. You need to get saved. You need to put Jesus in your heart. You need to repent of your sins. You need to trust Him like Joseph did. How he learned to trust that little child. How he learned to trust making him strong. Wise today. We're going to close in a word of prayer. If he spoke to you, would you be willing to humble yourself? Call us up. Let us know. Come to Robinson Avenue and say, I put Jesus in my heart. Send me an email. Send me a letter. I don't care. Let me know. You put Jesus in your heart. Father, we come to now in Jesus' name. We want to thank you, Lord God, for your word. Your word is truth. And I pray, Lord, that we would all be wise and look into your word, for it contains the answers, Father God. And it contains the way. It is a light unto our feet. It's a lamp unto our path. Lord, help us to hide it in our heart that we might not sin against you. And I pray, Father God, you take charge. If there's anyone who needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, then now would be the time. Today would be the day. If there's anyone, Father, who needs to get their relationship with you right, would you let them come home today? For these things we do ask in Jesus' holy and righteous name. Amen. God bless you all. This will conclude our services this morning at Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. But I do want to remind you that starting Wednesday, 6.30. We'll be back at full capacity. Open house. Come and be a part of our Bible study. Come and learn about the offerings of the Magi Wednesday night. Don't forget Thursday night, candlelight services. Don't forget Sunday, regular morning services. And of course, Sunday night, worship services. Did I forget anything? What time is Christmas Eve service? 6 o'clock. <laughs> but I stand to be corrected. It might be 6.30. So be here six and you won't miss it. Be humble. Amen. <laughs> Let's close in a word of prayer and I'll see you 
Wednesday night. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your love and for your peace. And thank you, Father God, for your protection that we can trust, Lord, in Jesus' holy and righteous name. Amen. God bless you all.